0: Well, do keep that passage open in front of you. Uh, And if you're listening online, you might like to look up the end of the book of James. And it is the end of the book of James. Uh, We have worked our way through now two wisdom books this year, Ecclesiastes and James. Uh, And we're looking forward to a special guest next week, Uh, the Archdeacon Tom Henderson-Brooks. And then we're into a special event. Uh, But we'll talk about that more later. Let's pray before we look again at God's word. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that in your great mercy that you have blessed us by speaking to us, not just of how we are to be saved, but also how we ought to live as your saved people. Help us, Lord, as we hear from your word to understand how we should live and then to live to the honour of your name. Amen. Well, let me start by talking to you about Jason. Uh, Jason was sick. Uh, Life had been going along normally, and then he developed a fever, and he started vomiting. He went to the local doctor, and the doctor diagnosed a virus. And then he gave him some antibiotics just in case, Uh, And Jason bought them from the local pharmacy. Asambi was sick. Life had been going along normally and then he developed a fever and started vomiting. He went to the local witch doctor and the doctor diagnosed a curse by a rival witch doctor paid for by an enemy. And he sent Asambi away with a charm of protection and some herbs. Jason and Asambi represent two very different approaches to dealing with sickness. Jason takes the naturalistic path, and Asami takes the spiritist path. They have different explanations for the same phenomena, sickness, and therefore different solutions. I wonder if you were thinking as you were listening to those two different ways of looking at things were you wondering which one was right and which one was perhaps in line with what the Bible teaches well friends this is our last talk in the series in James and James has been speaking to us about faith in action if we have real faith then it will show in what we do and we are saved by faith alone But the faith that saves is never alone. It always has good works following along behind it. And now at the end of his letter, James tells us to exercise our faith when it comes to prayer. Have a look at verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Verse 13 tells us that we ought to pray when we're in trouble and sing God's praises when things are fine. You might notice that as you look at that verse, that no matter what is happening in your life, you are told by James that it's a good thing to be talking to God about it. Prayer should be our response in every situation, whether it's a good situation, or whether it's a bad situation. In bad times, obviously, we're going to tell God our troubles and ask for help. And in good times, well, we praise God and are thankful to him and tell him how great he is. And so whatever our circumstances, we ought to be communicating with God. Uh, As I was thinking about this verse, I was thinking also, it brought to mind an old song, That I knew when I was younger. Uh, It's an old Billy Joel song called Tell Her About It. Is anyone prepared to put their hand up and say I'm that old and I remember that song too? Yes? Okay, very good. Now let me tell you some of the lyrics if you're under a certain age and don't know what I'm talking about here. He says things like tell her everything you feel, tell her all your crazy dreams, let her know how much she means. Uh, It's a much better when he does it. Uh, James is, in one sense, doing a similar thing here. He's saying, tell God about it. Whatever is happening in your life, talk to God about it. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, talk to God about what's happening. At all times, it's a good thing to pray. And then James goes on to then focus on one of those times. It's like he narrows everything down and goes, let's talk about one of those things. One of those times. And he talks about sickness. Have a look at verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. So James tells us to ask for prayer if we're sick. And the people who are leaders in, the, in, the, in this activity are the leaders of the church, the elders. But verse 16 also tells us that we all ought to be praying for each other in, this, in sicknesses. So our first response to sickness should be prayer. And that's an interesting concept for those of us in the naturalistic West. If you remember... In the Western world, our first response to seeing someone sick would be to tell them to go and see a doctor. Or we might tell them you should take some Panadol. Or perhaps have an early night, eat some oranges, sip on some cement. You know, all the kind of things that we would say to people rather than pray. And that's like Jason's response that we saw earlier, the naturalistic response. Sickness is a response to some bacteria or virus. Therefore, it's purely biological and totally explainable through modern medicine. And so our response to sickness becomes basically naturalistic. That's how the West thinks about things. But James tells us that our basic response, our first response, should be to pray. If someone is sick, then we ought to pray. Because in the Bible's worldview, this world is not rudderless. And things don't just happen out of coincidence. It is directed and sustained by God. Acts 17.25 tells us that God gives us life and breath and everything else. And our health is part of that everything else. Good health is actually a precious gift of God. Just like every breath is. And so our basic response, our first response, should be to pray. If someone is sick, he says, pray. You know, one of the things I've done over the years is done a fair few uh, first aid courses. Uh, and one of the things taught in first aid courses is the basic response to a medical emergency uh, you might know it by the acronym, D-R-S-A-B-C-D-S. That is Danger Response, Send for Help, Airway Breathing, Circulation, Defibrillation, and your social media. You've got to update that. <laughs> okay, maybe the last one I made up. But that's what, the, that's what we're supposed to do, isn't it? But friends, if we've read James correctly here, then we should really make an alteration with it, not the S part, but we should put something on the front end. And that should be P, shouldn't it? For prayer. Quick prayer to God, and then do all the other things. Prayer should be our basic response to sickness or injury. If someone is sick, he says, Pray. And then look at that promise, that big promise in verse 15. Have a look at verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Wow, that's an amazing promise. As long as we pray with faith, our friends will be healed. What an amazing promise that is. Guaranteed healing. Wow. Wow. Except the problem is, this doesn't always gel with our real life experience. Sometimes people aren't healed, even though we pray. In fact, quite often they're not. If this really is here a promise of guaranteed healing, then the Bible fails the reality test. We have what seems a big promise that's not delivered. Now, we could try to answer this conundrum by pointing out that the problem is that the sick person has a lack of faith. Uh, You don't have enough faith, therefore you weren't healed. That kind of thing. But in these verses, it's the prayer's faith that is mentioned, not the sick person's faith. It is the faith of the elder that counts. The sick person's lack of faith doesn't seem to be a factor here. And there's a bigger problem with that answer to our conundrum. For elsewhere in the New Testament, sickness is not always healed instantaneously or miraculously through prayer. Uh, You could read more about that in 2 Corinthians 12 or 2 Timothy 4 or 1 Timothy 5, just to pick a few. Uh, And for example, Paul tells Timothy to stop drinking water and use a little wine because of his stomach problems and his frequent illnesses in 1 Timothy 5.23. Now, why didn't he just tell him to have more faith? Or simply pray with faith for him? Because a lack of faith isn't the answer. There's a better answer. And it's there in verse 16. Let's have a look at verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, it may seem at first quite strange that Paul's shifting here to talking about confession and sin and forgiveness. Um, Sin and sickness seem strange things to link together in our Western minds. Yet it's not a strange thing at all in the Bible. Sin is, of course, the ultimate cause of all sickness because it was the first sin that led to a fallen world in which we live. Our world is broken and part of that brokenness is sickness and death. But the Bible also relates how specific sins are sometimes the cause of specific sicknesses. For example, the sickness and death of Herod in Acts chapter 12. And the sin of the Corinthian Christians in 1 Corinthians 11. Sometimes physical sickness is God's response to spiritual sickness or sin. Asambi and his witch doctor believed that the source of his sickness was out there. An enemy witch doctor had cursed him. And that is certainly a possibility. But they did not consider the possibility that the source of his sickness might have been in here. In his own heart. Sometimes sickness is God's discipline or punishment for specific sins. And this is the situation that James refers to at the end of his letter here. There are plenty of sins that he mentions earlier in the letter that could bring about the discipline of God. And he's saying such sins should be confessed, forgiven, and then prayers made for healing. And for such prayers, for specific sins that come, that specific sicknesses that come from specific sins, There is a big promise, and that promise is that they'll be answered and the sick person healed. Now we might at this point ask ourselves the question, can the prayers of ordinary Christian believers be so powerful as to heal? Can they bring healing for these sicknesses caused by specific sins as these verses promise? Well James anticipates our doubts in verses 17 and 18 and describes an ordinary Christian praying. He says in verse 17, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. James describes here Elijah as an ordinary human being. He was just like us. Yet God hears his prayers and brought a drought on the land. And that drought was punishment for a specific sin of God's people at the time. The worship of the idol Baal. And after Elijah had that praying competition with the prophets of Baal on top of Mount Carmel, Uh, And you can see that in the kids colouring in this morning. Uh, The end result of that. Where Elijah's God triumphs. After they had seen that, the people repented. And they admitted that the Lord, the Lord, the God of Israel, that he was God. And that Ba wasn't. And then Elijah prayed, and it rained again. And so the pattern that we've noticed here in James is there. In that other reading that we saw earlier from 1 Kings. A specific sin, discipline or punishment, confession, prayer by an ordinary believer, and then relief. Elijah was an ordinary believer, a man just like us. So friends, how should a Christian approach sickness? Or any other trouble? Well, there are several reasons why there might be sickness or a Christian might fall sick. Let's run through four. The first one is they may have, as this passage indicates, committed a specific sin and that's why they're sick. Or, they may be part of a group that has collectively sinned and is being collectively punished, just like Israel was back in 1 Kings 17. Or, three, they are suffering the effects of living in a fallen world. So there's no specific sin, but they're just living in this world and this world is broken and part of that is the sickness and trouble that comes upon us. Or, four there may be secret purposes of God that mean that sickness is part of his plan or trouble is part of his plan for us at some point in time. Uh, And if you're thinking, who does that sound like? Well, there's 42 chapters in Job where you can get into that. Okay. Friends, at no point can we look at a sick person or a person who's had some kind of misfortune and say, it is because of your sin that this has happened. It's all your fault. Jesus rebukes the disciples for doing that in John chapter 9. But if we do fall sick, then it is a good thing to search our hearts for any sins and confess it. It's a good thing to do that anyway, isn't it? But even more so if we should fall sick. And then we should ask for prayer for healing from people, from other believers. And if it is a specific sin, then we have this promise that we will be healed. If it isn't, God may choose us to heal us in his mercy, or he may choose not to. Whatever it is, it will be for our good, we know. At the end of the day, as verses 19 and 20 show us at the end of the passage, how we deal with sin is actually more important after all we can only suffer temporary sickness as believers Uh, one day sickness will pass away and we will continue forever The sickness that we live with here on earth, even if it's for years or decades, is nothing in comparison to the health of eternity. And that's something to keep in our minds. The ordinary believer who suffers sickness, well, it's a temporary affliction that will soon pass away. For heaven is the real cure for all our sicknesses. So friends, let us put our faith in Jesus into action in this way too. Let us trust God with our health. Let us not think that a pill will fix everything necessarily but rather pray first and then take the pill or whatever treatment is required because God's sovereignty over everything is something we've seen today in the book of James and friends let us not look to the problem of the world out there, but let us also look to the sin inside and remember our sin and regularly confess it. As God's people, the more we trust Him with our lives, the more He will be honoured by our lives. So as his saved people, let us trust him. And that includes through our prayers. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you are a God who hears us. That you're actually interested in us even when others might not be. And we pray, Lord, that you would cause us to put our faith into action and pray to you in all circumstances, whether in good times or bad. May we be telling you all about it. And Lord, we pray that you would help us and cause us to seek your um, healing, to ask for healing from you, when we are sick we pray that we would call on you